Welcome to the latest edition of the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health podcast. I'm Jim Dunn. I'm the co-editor of the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health. And today, I'm very happy to have with me Adrian Lorbrooks, who's with the Institute for Occupational and Social Medicine at the University of Dusseldorf in Germany. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you very much, Jim, and thanks for the opportunity for me to present this work to a larger audience, maybe. I just uh, wanted to start by asking you to describe the study. Can you give me a brief overview of it? So the study we've been doing is um, based on a, on a German public use data set, which has collected data in 2009 and 2011 on asthma and on job insecurity. And uh, the job insecurity and asthma were both measured in 2009. And what we've seen is that people who rate um, the probability that they will lose their job within the next two years, that they, those who rate this high are at high risk of reporting asthma two years later. So it was 2009, 2011, and that was in the time, during the time of the economic crisis, I think, that makes this study um, maybe interesting to the readers, I think. <laughs> we found then, then the, that the risk is increased by 60%. Maybe that's an interesting figure. But 60% of people rated their probability of job loss to be 50%. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a high number, absolutely. So what was already known about perceived job insecurity in health before your study? So there have been um, some studies on job insecurity and um, incident disease, some cohort studies that have shown that coronary heart disease maybe, let's say, a, a consequence of um, high insecurity, and um, it has also been found for psychiatric morbidity. And we expanded this now to, to asthma for the first time, and if you um, know that there's some studies on that have shown that work stress is a risk factor for asthma, it makes even more sense, and that's the gap we're addressing. So some studies for work stress and incident asthma, but actually no study yet on job insecurity and asthma. That was what we tried to do. Terrific. So can you tell me a little more about the panel study that you used uh, as a data source in this study? What other kinds of things are, are in it, and, um, and how long has it been going on, and who funds it? So it's the German Socioeconomic Panel Study, which is... Um, it has been initiated in 84, 1984 in Germany, and they have annual interviews. And the major focus of that study has been on um, research on social sciences and um, political sciences, so really on income distribution, on, um, on um, living situation. I think there's latest study, living situation of, of migrants. So, but the health, and the health aspects have been um, added quite recently to that study. So it hasn't been the primary focus of it, but has been added more recently, and I uh, think there's one of the few studies looking at, um, looking at health outcomes of in, this, in this data set. And um, I think the nice aspect about it is the very, very long follow-up since 84, and it is hosted at the um, DEV, Georges Institute for Wirtschaftsforschung, where the study is also um, yeah, managed and coordinated. Oh, that's great. That's good to know. That might be a good re- resource for other researchers. Indeed, yes. I mean, especially the latest latest years when they started to add the, the um, disease um, questions on chronic disease and work stress especially um, makes sense to have a look maybe for some. <laughs> right. And can you tell me what's known about the mechanisms linking something like job insecurity uh, and asthma incidents? So the mechanisms um, that, that are discussed here are, first of all, health behaviors. Um, we know this also from studies on, on work stress, but also job insecurity, that people with high insecurity might um, behave just a bit less 
healthy, more smoking, less physical activity, and maybe higher rates of obesity. And that's also what we found in, in the current study, which we, which we published in our descriptive table, let's say. And so there's one mechanism that it's lifestyles, which may later maybe affect um, physiological processes. In our study, however, lifestyles were not really um, explaining our finding. We adjusted for them, and there wasn't still there was an association we could observe. So we think it's rather the um, physiological mechanisms related, of course, to um, stress responses. So um, cortisol secretion or parasympathetic activity, which may then um, affect inflammatory processes that are relevant um, to asthma. For example, um, cortisol, um, or let's say chronic stress um, exposure, might, might lead to the, um, the observation that leukocytes or inflammatory cells are just not sensitive to, um, to um, the effects of cortisol, because cortisol should actually dampen the, um, the allergic response, but in people with high stress, it may not be the case. It's just people are maybe a bit immune to that kind of dampening or reducing effect. Oh, right. Yes. I mean, there's been evidence before of, you know, downregulation of those kinds of mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like actually the physiological response might be on the pathway to the behavioral response as well, right? So if people are experiencing physiological symptoms, it might actually reduce their physical activity, although I realize in your study you didn't find that that was a controlling factor. Yeah, I mean, these these mechanisms are not really um, exclusive. They can both also mutually be effective at the same time. But as you said, for our study, it's probably not a mediator. And the other studies we've been doing, and others maybe also on work stress and asthma, didn't suggest really much of a mediation effect by health behavior, although it makes sense to think about that uh, from a personal perspective. Sure, (laughs) yeah. Tell me about the implications of your study for policy and practice, maybe clinical practice, whatever you think might be relevant. Are there uh, decision makers or um, service providers that might be important for them to take heed of this study? I think for policy, it is, it is um, a study of, of interest. I mean, it shows like, like other studies, and I think there's a study recently or later published in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health about um, increased suicide rates in Greece during the economic crisis. So that shows actually that um, such economic developments have a profound effect really on population health. Of course, I'm not really an economist and can't say whether those um, crises could prevent it in any way. But what can be maybe um, addressed is precarious working conditions, which really underlie these, these things and which are also present um, if there are less, is less of a crisis. It's maybe just... Um, let's say, a more from emphasis or more um, present in those crises because more people are affected. But precarious work conditions like temporary contracts, outsourcing, um, with very low social security for those who are employed, this is really um, something that policy could address, of course. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Thanks. So um, tell me about the timing of the study. I mean, the, it's obviously very prominent in the title that the, it occurs during the, a time of economic crisis. Do you think that the timing of the study might have influenced the results? So, in other words, do you think the impact of job, perceived job insecurity would be different if the study had been conducted during a time of economic prosperity and growth? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, what had happened if it was a different time? Um, so, I think, I mean, statistically, I could say if, if people would always rate the same level of insecurity um, consistently adjust the ratings during, let's say, a uh, an economic, uh, a period of economic growth, we might probably have a distribution which is um, or actually um, um, ratings that are much lower. We would probably have looked at, because now we looked at someone who's rating, or people who rated their 
insecurity or the probability of losing the job 50% or higher. If the ratings would have been lower, we would have probably needed to take something like 30%. Probably the association would have been weaker statistically. I'm not sure, mm. though this is, just, this is just a guess. Of course, I think it's not really... Um, would have been nice to have not only um, done the study in different times, but I think also different places because right. the European membership countries have been affected differentially, of course, by the economic crisis. And Germany has been doing fairly well compared to many um, southern European countries. So it would be nice to see whether, um, if there's data available, whether this can be replicated and me maybe has stronger effects in countries which have been affected to a larger extent than Germany. Yeah, well, certainly the, the burden, I guess, if you like, uh, would be higher in a period of, uh, of economic crisis. But um, at, at any rate, whether the response would be different is, is another matter for sure. Um, mm. and, and I suppose partly the subject of speculation, but, uh, but you did a good job in, doing, in, in coming up with some kind <laughs> of speculation at any rate. So I want to thank you again, Adrian, for being involved in this podcast today. Uh, it's a new feature of the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health, and we're very happy to offer it to our readers. Uh, my name's Jim Dunn. I'm the co-editor of the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health, and uh, we'll uh, hear from you again next time. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.